What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I am Liz. And we're going across the pond for this episode. That's right. We're on episode 84. We're going to talk about the anticipation of games and how it ruins them with our special guest, Game Till 5 podcast, all the way from British England. Hey going across the pond, everybody. Well, so. we're not going anywhere. We're oh. still in our apartment. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's we're just um we're just we're trapped here, everybody. Call for help. Call the police if you have to. Don't do that. We're fine. We're well, okay. You're a little too extra sometimes. I am extra. I'm extra mayonnaise. What? You know that sandwich and you're just like, ugh, this is no. not what I ordered. No. I ordered Liz, how are you doing? Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You're so weird. Any any other things that's going on in your life that I don't know about? Because we live in the same building and I know everything about your life. We only live in the same building. We and we talk every day. House. So there's not much I don't know about. Yeah. Oh, my husband. That's how. Actually, there is a story I I didn't tell you yet. What? And I'll say it live on the podcast. Okay. My name's actually Jeffrey. My what? name, my name, Jeff. Shut up. Anyways, but no, seriously. Um, so I, as you all know now, I I now work at a diner, and so my uniform is basically a diner version of McDonald's. So like, yeah, when you see me, like I I have the cap on, I have the shirt on that has the name of the diner, mm-hmm. and I look like an employee. And so, but I'm at the host desk, and. You know, someone comes in and they're like, oh, I'm just here for one. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, they're like, wow, this place is really nice. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a nice place. And they look at me and they say, oh, are you the owner? What part of me uh, looks like <laughs> the owner of anything? <laughs> I don't even look like the owner of a podcast, sir. <laughs> what? Like, you see Why how I dress. They- not even that, but like I wouldn't automatically think the person who greeted me at the door was the, the owner, owner of the diner. Like, yeah, like they thought I was like, oh, are you the owner? Like, yes, the, I look like this, and I'm the owner. The only time I've I thought that the person who seated us at a diner was when it was like this old old guy. Yeah, that seated us. I was like, there's no way this guy just works here. Dang. And I was right. I mean, it was the owner. Oh uh, yeah. So. But like that's the thing. I'm not trying to say that like I look like trash when I go to work. But what I am saying is that I don't look like an owner. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just like, thanks. I I guess. Cool. But I didn't tell you that story. No, you didn't. That's and someone mistaked me for the owner. I was like, okay. Clearly, no. they don't know the owner. No, I didn't freak out on <laughs> this guy. I want any listener or viewer to know oh, that, like no. to think that way. But yeah, I was just like, no. <laughs> I'm nope, not. that's not me. No, actually, the way I reacted was like, no, 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 no. I. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't associate me with this. <laughs> no, I'm not. I was just like, no, no, I wish, but no. Um, but yeah, welcome to Games Grosses, everybody. We don't talk about our work lives as much. We would talk about video games, but now we're going to talk about movies pretty soon. But, um, <laughs> but let's just get into it. I, I think it's a good time to just start the podcast already. So, uh, before we start, we want to remind everybody to follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Gaming Groceries, or you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram, Games of Groceries, all one word, as well as Facebook. Just, you know, find us on Facebook. We're there. We're on there. 
type in games and groceries you do Facebook. Things. Ooh, look at that. They're all on Facebook. Um, and then finally, you know, check not finally, but you know, check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the podcasts on the website. You can just listen to all of them from the website, as well as find out where you can listen to the audio versions of the website, as well as some articles I've written. I did interview the uh the developer behind uh I am Jesus Christ, so you can read that. I did write a piece about uh the future of E3 a while back, so definitely check out that article. And finally, if you're watching us on YouTube, definitely hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so that we, you know when all these podcasts come out. They're like, oh, Adam, when when do the podcasts come out? Well, first of all, Mondays. Second of all, <laughs> you don't have to ask me if you hit that notification bell because then, you know, I don't have to remind you every time. Hey, man, um, new episode out. Ding, ding. Bell. There it is. Um, and if you're listening to us on the audio versions, definitely subscribe to wherever you're listening to us. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can subscribe to us. I believe you can subscribe to us on Spotify. Uh, anywhere you listen to us on the audio, definitely hit that subscribe and also review us, rate us with your honest star ratings. So with all that said and done, let's just jump into our first segment. Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we saw, you know, in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or in theories, if we like to recommend it or we don't recommend it. Uh, this week, now, we're, this is the very first week that we're not talking about a Christmas movie. Woohoo, we're out Since of the Christmas like season. November. Yeah. We started the Christmas movie segment a little too early, I will no admit. No such thing. But this is our first movie that's not a Christmas movie, and... Excuse me, I burped. Um, but it's... Very intense, and yeah. it's very important. We are, of course, talking about the movie that won the Golden Globe's Best Director and Best Picture for Drama Movie, 1917. This is actually set around Christmas. Yes. Opening thoughts. It was great. Yeah. Um, it was really good. Um, like... <laughs> I'm so descriptive. It was really good. Yeah. Um, but no, it was the way they did the continuous camera mm -hmm. i loved the like art angles that like the artistic angles that they did they didn't just follow yeah. them around but they took very artistic ways of following them there were times where i didn't even realize we had spun around to the front of them yeah and i was and like two seconds later i was like wait a second when did we get here how did we get here but then there yeah. were other times that, like, the way they did it, the way they followed them continuously mm -hmm. was just so great. Like, there were times where instead of following behind them through, like, a house or a tunnel or something, they went on the outside. Yeah. And you just went along the outside of it without seeing them. And it was just so good. Mm -hmm. The only time I complained about it, and I told Adam about this, was that I am motion sickness. Mm -hmm. But not only that, but when I'm tired... Be like because i get migraines i have a lot yeah. of eye issues so we were, we had to sit in the front row because it was like sold out yeah um the only problem i had was that with the continuous shot when they were walking through like trenches and it was all windy i got a little dizzy because i was mm -hmm. all i was tired so my eyes were already pretty sensitive um but other than that like i can get over that if i sat in the like a farther away i probably would have been fine yeah but really this movie was just phenomenal so that, that brings me to my first note. And you talked about this a little bit, the one shot, continuous shot. Mm -hmm. And I want to iterate that it is not one take. 
I, I think a lot of people would get confused because a lot of people are saying, oh, it's all one shot. It's all it like looks follow- like they did it all in one take. Like it looks like, they're like, all right, let's film the whole movie today. Yeah. Like but that's it, what it looks like. But if you pay attention, there are some editorial tricks that like, you know, it's definitely not one take, but it is all one shot. If you ever played the game God of War 2018's God of War, where it's all one shot, one scene, that's what we're talking about, mm-hmm. Um, where it's all just one continuous story. There's not a cutaway. And it gives a very visceral experience yeah. of what it's like to be a World War One soldier and not yeah. just, you know, the battles, but just to do the simple task of delivering a message. Yeah. That's the point of the movie is to deliver a message from this battalion to this battalion. And you get to go through how hard of a situation that yeah. was because of this continuous shot. Like you are with them yeah. from the time they wake up to the time they go to their mission. Yeah. And it's, it's insane. Like they don't even cut to change angles. Like, and, right. and that's the thing that I thought was amazing was that like, they didn't even cut to like when they're talking, yeah. they don't cut to each face. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of did it so they didn't have to, but at the same time they didn't have to do that. Like they didn't cut to do that. And yeah, that's just like really cool. So the other thing is that if you go into this movie, by the way, they, they hold nothing back. Oh no. It's a very intense film and the, the 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 phrase I put it when I left the theaters, it's it is uncomfortably important. Mm-hmm. It's an uncomfortably important movie to watch because it is such a vital story in history, in history in general, not American history because mm-hmm. we follow uh, British uh, soldiers, but it's just a vital movie to watch, a vital story to see. Yeah. And it's just so uncomfortably intense, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you really feel for like you really feel the pain of the soldiers that are yeah. fighting this battle. That they're just not even just fighting a battle, but just to deliver a message. Yeah, and it's very visceral. Like it's it's right in the heartstrings because you were yeah. with them from the very start. And like the things they could live through. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they don't even have the, like, medical equipment or even sometimes the medical knowledge that we have these yeah. days. Like, there were some parts I'm like, we would have died if that happened. Yeah. Like, today. Yeah. I was like, that wouldn't have happened. To, like, that, there's no way we would have lived through that today. Like, mm-hmm. where you look at these things and these guys get hurt, they get up, they, they keep going. put a, you know, towel on it. Keep going. They pour some dirty water on. They're like, we're good. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not gross. Like Mm -hmm. to me, like just watching it's like, yep, that's what they did. Like that's amazing. Yeah. And somehow today we just don't think we'd live if that happened. But yeah, you do what you got to do, and they did what they had to do. They went through stuff just to get this message over Mm -hmm. to those people. Now, at the end of this movie, you do feel mentally taxed. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. It's not mentally taxed where you watch the movie Cats and you're just mentally taxed. <laughs> like, what just happened? It's like, yeah. wow. Like, I remember just sitting there and just watching the credits roll. And I was just trying to, you know, come back into the world. Yeah. Because it's so well shot. It's so yeah. well. And, you know, by the way, um, Sam Mendes very very much deserved best direction yeah he he deserves it because the direction of this film you really feel for the this these characters and that's it like you feel mentally taxed because you are a part of this story yeah 
And just the way they wrote it, the way they shot it, the way they directed it, it's it's outstanding. And, and that's the other thing. The, my final point before we get into our final ratings is that you could tell that they had a plan. Mm-hmm. They planned this movie out like from point A to point B. There wasn't a, any kind of stone left unturned. They, they knew exactly how they would shoot it. They knew exactly where it would go. They knew exactly where it would end. And there is a very clear direction in this movie. Yeah. And I absolutely like am astounded yeah. for the filmmaking. And I think like these days where we get so many like half cared for movies Mm -hmm. like where movies these days they're just they're okay right they're not original this movie was just so different from what we get these days Mm -hmm. even as a whole it was just amazing but especially for them compared to the movies we get these days yeah it's just it's amazing and you could tell like he's had this movie on his heart for a while and like it's just it was just executed beautifully. Yeah. So I want to quickly go over our final ratings out of one out of ten. Um, what did you give this? I originally gave it a nine, but after sitting with it and you yelling at me, I did. <laughs> you really need to find a new word for yell. I was exaggerating. Yeah, I I, I was trying to convince you. I know, like. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't like to yell at people who disagree with me unless it's about, you know, are tacos a good food? I will yell at you. Is fettuccine better than spaghetti? Anyway, I will yell at I you. can I finish? Yes. So after sitting on it, mm-hmm. I gave it a 10. The only reason I had given it a 9 was because I'm very careful about giving 10s. Mm-hmm. So I had to give a reason for it to be a 9. But I was like, I don't really have a good reason for it to be a 9. So yeah. it's a 10. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I think you only gave it, and that's why I tried to talk to you, is that, like, I think you're only giving it a nine because of you having um, uh, motion sickness. Yeah. Like, like that's the only reason. That was my first reason. I was like, well, that's a stupid reason. It's not even just a stupid reason. It's a, it's not objective. Yeah. Like, I don't want people to think that it's a nine out of ten because you might have motion sickness. Yeah. Like, it's not like it was, it was like a movie that made me super dizzy. It was just those scenes for me because I have... Yeah. Eye problems. And uh, I also gave it a 10 out of 10 because, like I said, there's a very clear and cut plan to this movie. Mm-hmm. There is a clear and cut plan of how they're going to film this. Yeah. And you knew exactly where it was going to go. But at the same time, you just you didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the the way I felt after leaving this, I haven't felt the way I felt about a war movie since Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. And that says a lot that this is on the same level as Saving Private Ryan. And that's just insane to me, like the way I felt. Mm-hmm. And I cried the very first time I watched Saving Private Ryan. I didn't cry this because I'm emotionally broken right now, but that's okay. I don't cry at movies. This didn't make me cry, but it made me emotionally taxed. Yes, it made me emotional. Mm-hmm. And I felt like. I could cry. Like if they took it a little further, mm-hmm. I probably would have cried. Yeah. But I didn't cry, but it definitely made me feel emotions. So again, this is 1917. It is in theaters. We definitely recommend you see oh, yeah. this movie. It is definitely a theater ex- every penny. It's a theater experience movie. Yeah. Um whether or not you're into war movies, I think this is like I said, it's an inc- it's an un- uncomfortably important film to mm-hmm. see. 
uh, and they hold nothing back. The yeah. the dead bodies, uh, it's it's all there. But you know, be prepared for that. But I think it's an important story to mm-hmm. see. Again, 1917. It's in theaters. It just released on January 10th. So, uh, when whenever you're listening to this podcast, you know, hopefully it's still in theaters. So, yeah. Um, with that said and done, let's just move on to our next segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week, and we like to rank it three, two, one. Just if you give you a condensed version of what's going on in the games industry, uh, there's a more than that, what's happened in the past couple weeks the past couple weeks have like we said like it's all been mm-hmm. like christmas themed or you know games of the decade but now yeah. you know gaming news is picking back up uh but you know let's get into it with our number three gaming news and that is a new game announced for the lord of the rings ip which is called lord of the rings Gollum. yeah and this was announced for ps5 and xbox series x the logo is super yeah, sick. I really love the logo. Yeah, I mean it's it's tremendous. Now, yeah. talking about this a little bit, this this came out in an article. Um, thanks, dog. Uh, <laughs> Doggy just shook and I hurt his collar. Um, but that's the thing. Uh, this is a Gollum video game. Uh, if you watch the films, you know you know Gollum. Now, I- I'm not surprised that this game is being announced. It's being made. Because on on the tail end of uh, Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War, the Lord of the Rings IP is on a new rise. Like ever since the movies came out, when Shadow of War came mm-hmm. out, boom! Like Lord of the Rings was yeah. now back in a new trending. Yeah, and now um, we're being given a you yeah. know a new one. Now I want to read this quote from the article that's all linked down below if you want to check this out. Um, but it says this. It's not that it's it's not just choosing to be Smeagol or Gollum, because for Gollum as an entity, it's not that easy. Each personality is being attacked by each other. Each has to defend himself, said the game desire Martin Wilkes. Um, and you will have maybe two or three or four conflicts per chapter that lead to a final decision point. At this final decision point, it will be harder to pick Smeagol, for example, if you've always fought for the Gollum side before. Mm. So to me, it sounds a lot like the game Vampire. Yeah. Where you're fighting against your vampire side and human side. Yeah. But it sounds a lot more intense mm-hmm. than just that. Uh, what do you think about this? I am excited for it. And I'm not as big of a Lord of the Rings fan. I watched them when they came out when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never played the games, but I've watched the movies when they came out. But I never really got into them as an adult. Like I have Harry Potter and Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but I think this game sounds awesome. It sounds like the kind of games I play where mm-hmm. it's like following the story and making decisions. And those decisions are affecting the end of the yeah. game and i'll play it i like i said i don't really know much of the lord of the rings realm yeah. but i would definitely play it so i'm kind of excited for it yeah and that's the other thing um it also says that the description of Gollum will more come from the books than of the movies okay. so you're not going to see andy circus's um depiction of Gollum. you're going to see more of what um what the Tolkien books were defining him as. And, you know, you even see in the article about how 
Uh, sometimes he was a giant. Sometimes he was small. But like, um, it's more of a depiction from the books rather yeah. than from the films. But I'm excited for this. Yeah. Uh, it's being announced for the PS5. You know, next generation. So you know, we're gonna get our hands on it pretty soon. Yeah. So speaking of next generation. Let's just jump into our number two gaming news. And this is a misleading article. Um, the article reads, and a lot of people are saying like, ha ha, stupid Xbox. But here's what the article reads. Um, Xbox Series X won't launch with exclusive games. Now, what do you think that means? I think it means Xbox Series X won't launch with exclusive games. Yeah. <laughs> Loki, you're being a good boy. I just had to he pet him. being a good boy. Had to pet him. He's so good. He's a little baby. Anyways, but the Xbox Series X won't launch with exclusive games. Yeah. Now, if you read the article, which is, again, linked down below, and I had to have some time to read this, but mm -hmm. it actually means that it's not going to launch with, you know, only exclusive games for, like, the actual console. Okay. So, more now, let me just read this from, you know, our good friend, Matt Booty. Um... Yes, that's his name. I was going to say, is that his real name? Is that how you pronounce it? We say it every time on the podcast, and I say its name is Matt I Booty, know. and you say, is that his real name? And I say, yes, I that's his know, real name. but that's so ridiculous. Matt Booty has this <laughs> to say. As our content comes out over the next year, two years, all of our games, sort of like PC, will play up and down that family of devices. Booty told MCV... We want to make sure that if someone invests in the Xbox between now and Series X, that they feel that they've made a good investment and that we're committed to them with content. Now, what he's actually saying is that the first party games won't be exclusive to the Xbox Series X, meaning that he also gave the example of Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite won't be an Xbox Series X exclusive. It will be on Xbox Series X as well as Xbox One. And he also talks about he wants to make the features kind of like the driving points. He, he wants to make it seem that like you're going to see Halo Infinite on Xbox One and then you're going to see it on Xbox Series X and you're going to think that's the system I want. So that's what he actually means. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that? I think, I mean, I think it's a good idea to just mm -hmm. like, have everything be on all the X, not all the Xbox, but like both Xbox Series X. Yeah. And like making it not like, oh, games from here on out are only going to be on this. Yeah. You know, it's good. It's a good idea. And that's the thing. I think it's very consumer friendly. Yeah. To say that like, this is what we're doing. Like you can still play mm -hmm. the game. You can still kind of, um, you can, you can have a feel for it. But that's exactly why yeah. I bought the Xbox One X is because I knew the next generation, next generation, good job, Adam, um, will come out soon. And I still want to play the next generation of games yeah. still at a playable state. Because here's the thing. It says that you're going to be playing Xbox One with Halo Infinite. But really, if you're going to play on the base Xbox One, you're not going to be able to play it. It's only yeah. going to be on Xbox One X and Series X. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, even Xbox games right now. Yeah. If you play them on the Xbox One S, they run like garbage. Yeah. So, imagine Halo Infinite yeah. on the base Xbox One. That's not going to be... Which will also give Xbox users 
incentive to buy the new mm-hmm. well that's what he's saying console. yeah it's very consumer friendly yeah where it's like listen if you don't care about graphics go ahead just play them on yeah xbox one x we're still going to give you the games you're not going to have to buy it day one to play halo infinite yeah but you're going to see it eventually mm-hmm. you're going to come to us eventually yeah you'll get there <laughs> exactly but i think a very consumer friendly move yeah good for you xbox good job guys i like that uh, and then finally, with our number one gaming news, um, hmm, Tencent. Uh, in fact, while I'm saying this, I'm going to look it up because I said I would. But Tencent has put investments into a certain game company, which is cool. Yeah, yeah a little investment there. Uh, but here's where people are losing their minds. Platinum Games. So the, so the title is uh, saying that like uh, Platinum Games has re- received investments from Tencent. Now, if you don't know what Tencent is, um, they own pretty much all of gaming. Um, but yeah, let me take a look real here. Who they own. Now, when I told you about this, what what were your thoughts? Um, I mean, I think it was very nice of Tencent yeah. to give them the money and fund them. But the way they phrase why, I think, is kind of funny. They're like, oh, to give them the freedom to help them do their thing without having others over their head controlling their money. But at the same time, they've given them money and therefore have the right. They might not exercise their right Mm -hmm. in giving them, like, having some sort of control over their games. But they still have that right to have a say in the games that they put out. So looking over this is from PC Gamer. I'm just looking up like how many they own, and they oh they okay. So this is how many games they've invested in. They've invested in Riot Games, which is League of Legends, Epic Games. We don't we all know them. Epic Games, Blue Hole, which is black uh the not black uh Black Ops. I mean um, Battlegrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh Ubisoft. They've uh, invested in Ubisoft, Activision Blizzard, uh Grinding Gear, pa- pa- uh, Path of Exile. But yeah, they, they've invested in a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Discord. Wait, what? They funded Discord? What? Discord has received $158 million in funding last year, including the undisclosed amount from Tencent. Did not know that. Yeah. But yeah, like Tencent owns mm-hmm. a lot. They put no, a lot of... No, you have of... to look that it does. It's not like they own huge percents. No, but they still have their hand in yeah, it. Yeah, they have investments in it and if you're looking at the business world Mm -hmm. they're shareholders and if you hold enough shares you do get a say in these companies yeah and considering the amount of money that they gave Mm -hmm. you know they they have a say and even like i said even if they don't exercise that right Mm -hmm. technically they're still under yeah you know they're not a hundred percent free now i want to go into the statement that's platinum games gave after they received funding from tencent um and it says going on the company states we hope to use this capital uh sorry we hope to use this capital to strengthen our foundation as a business and expand from game development into exploring self-publishing so they want to become more indie Mm -hmm. we also hope that this partnership can give us a wider global perspective while still creating high-quality games that stay true to our name. And the article that I've linked down below uh, say, like, oh, in translation, money, please. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, 
the way Platinum says, like exploring self-publishing, wider global perspective. Technically, this is still kind of like an indie move because indie games still need, guess what? They still need funding. Everyone needs funding. Funding indie games is a thing. Wow. But like, here's the thing. Like, I understand why people are very cautious about this because it is Tencent. Mm-hmm. It is like they own a lot. They own Riot Games and Epic Games. They have their hand in them. But I think Platinum Games is what they're trying to do is trying to steer away from Square Enix and try to steer away from like relying on a certain publisher. Yeah. And just saying like, because that's what it is. It's not Tencent isn't going to be publishing their game. They're funding their game. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much an investor into platinum yeah. games so that they become more indie yeah. and i can understand that i can understand that coming from platinum games that they want to explore new options so that they can be more free with their art yeah but i also understand from the fans saying like they're very cautious because it's tencent you know i think tencent also owns uh supercell games which is clash of clans mm. so it, it I understand both sides here is what I'm trying to say. I am yeah. a, I am fence sitting for once. <laughs> um, but that's just it. Is that like, I get it. I get what Platinum's trying to do, but from Tencent, that's what worries people. Yeah. But, but all in all, I think this is a good move for Platinum. I think we're going to see a lot more, you know, games that we actually yeah. love, especially coming off the tail end of, um, of Astral Chain, which was snuffed for game of the year nomination. But that's the thing. Like a lot of people loved Astral Chain. Now think about how they're pub or they're being funded by the biggest gaming corporation yeah. out there. Think about games like Astral Chain, but bigger. even even bigger, yeah. more funded. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. So I think on this time will tell what yeah. what's gonna happen to Platinum Games. But it is what it is. I think this is a good move by them. I am a little concerned. It is Tencent, but it is what it is uh you know let platinum games do what platinum games does but i think they're on a on a good you know time right now so anything else no i think we covered it cool i think this is a good time to introduce our guests uh again we're interviewing uh game till five podcast they're right over the pond right over there (laughs) they're over in england and we're gonna be talking about anticipation with games but first we want to get to know them a little bit better in this interview section so I think it's a good time to do that with our next segment. It's interview time. All right, everybody, we're back with our special guests today. They're right across the pond from where we are. Let's introduce them. Uh, who are we speaking to right now? You are speaking to Steph and the other one. <laughs> the other uh, one. Mickey as well. <laughs> Me. Yeah, and uh, you do a podcast called Game Till Five Podcast. What what's that all about? We do. Um, that one is me and Nikki each week. Uh, do our top fives on various video game topics. Is that a fair estimate, Nikki? Yes. Yeah. Basically, we just make lists and then we talk about the lists, <laughs> and uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah, we we come up with quite a big range of topics um, from literally anything, and yeah, we just do that. It's pretty fun. Yeah. And, and I and I like your um and I like your take on it too. It's not just 
uh, just a podcast of just like, oh, this is what I like. This is what I like. But mm-hmm. the, the vibe you two give for each other. Plus, I always say this to Liz. When I first introduced it to Liz, I'm like, it's also their their accents are very calming. <laughs> it's very nice. <laughs> Thank you. But it's also, um, oh, what's the sound effect when you two have the same ranking? The um, uh, the Beatle. The Beatle. Um, yeah, Beatle's noise. Yeah, the Beatles, Beatles noise. So if you have something in your ranking that the other person has, you'll have this sound like, oh. <laughs> That's a very good Beatles impression. Thank yeah, you. it was very good. He's very popular. A lot of people like him. But I think it's, I think it's a very unique take into just the ranking system. And I, and I think you do a very outstanding job with what you do on the podcast. Um, but for those who don't know about Game Till 5 podcast, we have uh, some interview questions for you guys, just to, for our audience to get to know you a little bit better. Um, Steph, first, let, let's talk to you. Uh, Steph on Discord is a bird, so I'm talking to a bird right now. <laughs> uh, canary, to be uh, more specifically. Um, but Steph, uh, as someone who is uh, designing UI systems in the past, um, are you, are you co- currently still designing UIs? Yes, that is my current job. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I want to ask you, as someone who designs uh, user interva- interfaces, good job, Adam, um, <laughs> user interfaces, uh, when you boot up a game or an app, uh, what is your biggest pet peeve when it comes to bad UI design? So this is a really difficult question not to get like really specific on one game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying my best to think. Uh, I think for me, um, in terms of UI rather than like user experience kind of stuff, because um, I hate a minimap, but that is a long discussion and a rant essentially. So for UI um, specifically, mm-hmm. um, tends to be more things like accessibility stuff so when font there's a massive trend at the moment where everybody's font is tiny mm-hmm. on your tv because I, I have a laptop and like a gaming laptop that i play on sometimes yeah and i think the majority of stuff i play tends to be on my tv so it's at least you know a couple foot from me and the font on everything is just so tiny i yeah. just can't read anything and i'm like i'm not an old lady with terrible vision <laughs> i can see things sometimes um so yeah i'm like i know it's not just me and i think there's quite a big movement of people that also kind of are struggling to see things so just mm. either make it a little bit bigger or give me some kind of like setting that turns mm-hmm. it up a bit or something i think that's the big thing for me at the moment yeah yeah and and i totally agree with that it's it's not even just about where all the apps are i i think and i think i agree i, I know i agree with you <laughs> is that the just the tiny text when you're sitting back or or you're on your switch yeah. when it has a tiny screen already yeah. like like you said it's not like you're an old lady uh i think we're about <laughs> the same age um but yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. But good answer. I think we all agree. Yeah. With that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So Nikki, as a cosplayer, what do some people misunderstand about the cosplay community? Like, have you ever encountered judgment about your hobby or anything like that? Yeah, I think to be honest, it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily like within the community. It, it tends to be everyone else and I think one of like the main things is kind of judgments on like age I think everyone kind of assumes that it's something that you know kids do and like younger generation do and Mm -hmm. you know you can be too old for cosplay and everything like that and I think that's probably one of the big like the biggest judgmental things that I've gotten and 
a lot of people have come straight out to me and said like hey you're too old to be doing it I think it's just like a kind of silent judgment I tend to get but the thing is I've noticed a lot is like so many older cosplayers and like we've been to a few conventions actually and I remember one of my favorite moments when me and Steph were at uh, a comic con was when we saw like these I think probably about 50 60 year old guys at at a pub uh, just down the road, all sat in like full Trekkie, like Star Trek uniforms, just having right. a beer. Nice. And it kind of reminded me that literally this has been going on for such a long time. And it's just not the younger generation that does it. Like they've been doing it like before most of us were even born, probably. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think that's probably one of the biggest judgments. But hey, it's for everyone. So, yeah, yeah true that. Like that. that's interesting. I don't think I've ever seen. I mean, I'm not big on the cosplay community. I mean, to be mm. honest with you. But I think I've seen more like that the top age I've ever seen was probably 35. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't think I'm passing any judgment. But now I'm, now I'm actually thinking about it. I don't think I've any, seen anybody past the age of 35. Mm. I think the oldest guy I saw was uh, this amazing guy who was dressed as John Hammond from Jurassic Park. Nice. And he looked identical. And he was just my hero. He was probably about 70, maybe. I don't know. But it was yeah. incredible. Um, but I think it just shows you that kind of like the nerd culture, like the geek community, like just it goes beyond age, really. I mean, you can be a, a nerd mm-hmm. however old you are. And if you want to express it in that way, then then people do. And I think that's awesome. So, you know, it's just I think it's just one of these things. It's just people are always going to kind of assume. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think it even goes into video games, you know, like oh, once you reach a certain age, you yeah. should uh, stop. But it's just like. I, as long as you're not, you know, murdering people, I think you're fine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. I feel I, don't, that. Don't, like, make a real sword and go and do shit like that. That wouldn't be great. Also, I just realized, can I swear on your podcast? Because I just did it, and I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'll to ban you, Miss. Can you believe me? No. I I always say, and this is, like, kind of pulling back the curtain with um some of our audience here. I always tell our guests, you know, like, uh, we are a clean podcast. That's just our M.O. But it's not like if you curse on the podcast, we're going to be like three, two, one, you're out. It's just more yeah. of just like, you know, be mindful. And that's all we yeah. ask. Yeah. Um, I try my hardest, but I can't help. I have like a potty yeah. mouth. But that's I okay. Think I try my to hardest bleep. too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Feel free to bleep me. I'm happy to be bleeped. No, I'm not. I'm not about that. Like we, we can. <laughs> and like that goes into like my own philosophy is just like I can control my actions. Yeah. Like and mm. that's it. Like if, if somebody. Well. Like I said, it's kind of like a flawed mentality. Like, oh, I can't control you, but I will control you a little bit. <laughs> Just like be mindful of your controls. Yeah. Um, I, I was telling myself, I was trying so hard. I was like, don't do it. Like, I know that it's not like a sweary podcast, but then <laughs> oh, it's hard. That's okay. That's the thing. That's the thing. We're not going to be like three, two, one. Like, Steph, you're out. Yeah. It's only Nikki. Um, <laughs> no, you're fine. You're totally fine. Yeah. Um, so. As I mentioned before, you two are. Oh, I, I want to say you're British. If I'm, if I'm correct, English or British, something in yeah, the middle. Yeah, is fine. Both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you also are into video games. A lot of video games. You you rank them. And I want to ask you, as people of the British kind, and also video <laughs> games, uh, do you think there's a game that exists right now that depicts England quite perfectly, in your opinion? Well, mm. I think there's not many, if yeah. I want it. No. Hmm. No. And play, yeah, go on, Steph. No, I was going to say, I think out of the ones off the top of my head, and it's not, obviously, because 
I'm it it's Pokemon, but the new Pokemon does a pretty good job of like hmm. making a weird fictitious version of like each city in England. Um they did an okay job at getting I don't know, the feel, I guess, of each city, mm-hmm. right? Because every town you visit in that game seems to feel a little bit like one that you know of. Hmm. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but there's one that I read um, an article on that was like based on a place called Bath um, over here. And it was very similar. Some of the buildings were like obviously very exact and the huh. place has a spa, like a, a hot spring kind of thing in it. And it was in the game as well. So I think that was pretty close, but I don't know. That was the only one yeah. I could think of. How about you, Nikki? I think that there's not many at all, but one that does come to mind, which I played the other day, which I re- made me realise that there's not very many games set in England at all, is Untitled Goose Game. Yay, bonus points! <laughs> <laughs> because, like, there's just not many that actually depict accurately, but when I played that, I was like, wow, this is just so, like, similar. I mean, it's like farmland. It's like English rural mm, farmland yeah. interpretation, but I guess it's made by English developers, right? I think that's yeah. correct. No, think, they're yeah. Australian. Australian, oh, okay. really? But, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're Australian, but that has mm. happened to us. We have been chased by a goose in a small village in yeah. England. Wait, <laughs> is that for real? story that happened. Yeah, like seriously. <laughs> yeah. The goose who lived in a village uh, close to where we used to live uh, in a place called the New Forest, and there was this very evil goose who would lure you in and what? into this field where there were like other creatures and stuff that you could go and see, like some always some deer and stuff. Yeah. And then as you turn to leave the field, he would appear um, and like really hiss and like flap at you and like do all the goose things. Terrifying. Um, yeah. Oh it was God. like the worst goose in the world. And you, yeah. could, you had to try and like get around him to get back out the, the game. The game oh is goodness. really accurate. You yeah. may not have thought so. But it's more real than you think. <laughs> we have oh experience with geese. Um, and another game I, I mentioned, it's just kind of similar on the same level of Untitled Goose Game in regards to the fact that it's kind of like in farm rural area, which is, I don't know if you guys have played it, but everybody's gone to the Rapture. I played like a little bit of it. I didn't play a yeah. lot of it. It's quite accurate if really? you're like, because it's set in like a Shropshire little village. And um, I when I played that, I thought that was really, really accurate. I mean, it's not like everywhere. There's the very far and few between like pristine villages like that. Um, but especially with the accents and like the post boxes and the farmland, I thought that was really on point. I thought that was quite similar. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm. Hmm. I'll have to. I'll have to play more of that. But I'm, yeah. I'm glad Untitled Goose Game got into that list. I'm. I'm <laughs> yeah. quite pleased. Um, made his day. Made his day. Made my day. <laughs> Say. It's you. It's a reflection upon myself. (laughs) (laughs) So, Liz, why don't you bring us into uh, the fourth question? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Since you now live so much closer to each other, how many occasions have you popped into each other's homes unannounced? Well, she's got locks (laughs) on the door. Oh, really? really? (laughs) I've tried. Um, (laughs) Fortified. Uh, I'd say we've, we've met up a few times. We haven't met up as much as I wanted because I'm sick. So I've been oh, like segregated to my house a lot mm. since <laughs> since I've moved. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been we, restrained, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. Dang. But now yeah, is we, it, we plan more time in the future. Is it more of a walkable distance or like a drivable distance? Probably um, drivable, but there is like a walkable train. So. Yeah, like 10 minute train or like yeah. a 15 minute drive kind of thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's much much closer than we were. I mean, I, I guess like 
but in regards to like your country it's completely different because I see like a two-hour journey is quite far whereas I guess you guys like things like that that it's a lot not actually is because England's tiny yeah I mean um I don't know the ratio from England to America because like what you said is it's vast it's pretty far even even the home state we live in like you know, I, I think it's obvious because I have Eagles stuff everywhere. Pennsylvania, woohoo. It's a long mm-hmm. state. It's mm-hmm. a very long state. So if I tell somebody, like, get from one side to the other, like from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh, which is the two main cities in Pennsylvania, what is it, five hours, six hours? It's about, I know that from our house, it was about six hours to U Pit. So yeah. Yeah, it's about six hours. To Philly to Pittsburgh. Yeah. 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 So it's so a- I think if you drove six hours, like the only way you could drive six hours is north. If you drove tried to drive six hours Ooh. like to one side or the other, you would just fall off the side of it. <laughs> I think you would get uh mo- pretty close to Scotland. So you pretty much would have done England by that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Like so yeah. we pretty much live in England right now, but what? But <laughs> I mean, I was telling, uh, but uh, back to the, the, the question, though, like I was telling Liz that like you two are very, very close uh, and it's very um, evident in, in the podcast if you listen to it. And so, you know, Liz also has a very best friend. Yes, and it would be like if you're very close to your I best wish I lived that close to Elena. I am. I live two hours or an hour and a half for my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, hate it. That was what we were like. Yeah, yeah. Before it, it was. That's. I mean, that's why it was quite good starting the podcast actually because it didn't feel like we were so far away, yeah. which was nice. Yeah, and and, yeah. and that's always good. And like that, that goes into my final question uh, regarding the podcast. You you've now been doing it for just over a year now. I want to say uh, a year and four months, just about maybe. Uh, Very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a little stalkerish like that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like I want our guests to know that I I, I research them, I study them like a science project, <laughs> like a stalker, <laughs> like a stalker, if you will. Um, but you've been doing it for over a year now, and I want to know from you what are some positive effects regarding the podcast that you have, like whether it be in your life, in your friendship. What what have you seen in the positive effects? Steph, do you want to go first? Sure. Um. I think the biggest thing for me has been like, because um, obviously me and Nikki were friends before and very close. So I think the biggest like difference for me for the podcast has been doing uh, stuff like this and meeting people um, across like the community and stuff of podcasting has been really nice. Not that yeah. I expect it to be horrible, but I don't know. <laughs> you just don't expect it to be as much of a community, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and doing getting to do stuff like this, which is really cool. And talking to you all, which is like across yeah. the the pond and stuff right so it's yeah that kind of thing for me yeah um I think there's a few things for me as well like uh like it's on a personal level um when I kind of finished I said it'd be college I was like in a lot of debt and I had to kind of jump right into an office job that I didn't really like that much and we started the podcast up around the same kind of time and to be honest it really kept me sane um having this like as a hobby and being able to do this um with Steph and talk about video games which is like such a big passion of mine um was just great for my like mental health to be honest um and obviously improved our friendship and things like that mm-hmm. and I think as well like realizing how much I just like to talk about video games and also hearing Steph's talk about video games and then being like I'm gonna play that video game has made me like yeah just want to play video games more as well to talk about them on the show it's just kind of it's just been all good to be honest yeah 
I like that. I like, yeah. And yeah. especially about like the community of video game podcasts. And I like how we're all kind of like banding together and supporting each other, mm-hmm. uh, liking each other's posts, like li- liking each other's like podcasts. And it's just like a, a very healthy community, I want to say. Yeah, um, it is, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be isolated. You you want others to like support you too. Because uh, when you first start out, you know, there's not a lot of people, but when you have a whole um, band of teammates together i guess you could say it's it makes a lot uh makes life easier i want to say yeah and i think also it's getting to like listening to everybody's podcast as well you get a totally different view on games or yeah opinion about games and stuff like that that you probably wouldn't have thought of for yourself so yeah it's really nice to get that kind of thing as well Mm -hmm. yeah with with my new job right now like that's the one thing i i hate the most is that i don't have the the amount of time i used to because i used to be uh, whenever I sat at my desk for, for my youth ministry job, uh, you know, I, I could have the ability of listening to more podcasts, but now that I'm a, a diner, like where I have none of that, there's, there's no desk. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I listen to less podcasts. And I'm just like bummed out. Like I want to get to know more of your lives more. And I'm just like, ah, I can't. Yeah. I've fallen behind yeah. so much in my podcast listening. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to a podcast in since before we moved yeah it's bad <laughs> yeah it's it's tough finding the time i find yeah. that as well mm-hmm. um yeah I, there's definitely like like you guys i try and catch as much as i can and like oh, some other you. podcasts that i follow but it does life is hard sometimes when it mm-hmm. comes to like yeah. even just like gaming and, and listening yeah. to podcasts it's hard to keep up with it sometimes yeah very true yeah but all right i think this is a good time to uh jump into our talking points but yeah yeah but but thank you for answering the the questions very honestly and um yeah i i I hope the listeners got to know you a little bit better if you're interested i'll have their podcast linked down below in the description whether you're listening to itunes or wherever audio version or you're watching us on youtube i'll have it linked down in the podcast or (laughs) the description down below their podcast so definitely check them out they're called game till five podcast but we're not done just yet because you know, we still have to jump into our final segment. Coffee time. Every single week on the Games Groceries podcast, we like to do what's called talkie time. I mean, we like to talk about certain topics in the game industry, whether it be about uh, female gamers or even game preservation. So you can check out some of our old podcasts for some of those topics. But uh, today we have Game Till 5 podcast, and we want to talk about uh, anticipation in games and how it ultimately kind of hurts the experience of the game. So uh, every single week, I I like to define the conversation first. And the first talking point I have is that there, there are some huge games coming out this year in 2020. And a lot of them have some lofty expectations. And and I guess I want to start off with like, what kind of games are we looking forward to in 2020? Uh, so let, let's start with our guests here. Um, uh, Steph, you want to start first? Sure. Um, we, we were just talking about this the other day. Um, yeah. I think the biggest one for me and the one that I think has some of the biggest hype is probably um, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, this is one where I'm, I don't know, I have quite a lot of confidence that it will be good um, from knowing like The Witcher and stuff like that. But there are mm. some people who are just really super excited about this. Um, and there's always that worry that they're just going to be a little bit disappointed because they're so excited about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 
and we're going to talk about that in a bit, um, like how you get disappointed. But yeah, Cyberpunk's a, a huge one that we're all, I think we're all excited for. Um, uh, Nikki, what, no, what would you say? Uh, I say that the one I'm most looking forward to, but also terrified for, is the Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh, because there's yeah. so much I could go wrong there. Mm. Yeah. Only the first episode coming out in 2020. Yeah. They're 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 releasing it episodically. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's getting dripped out. Yeah, and I and I think they said I think they said a date that they wanted like the final episode to come out, but it's gonna come out years from now. And it's just like by that point, everybody's gonna be forgotten about it. Yeah. Yeah. Versus sure. Life is Strange, which comes out like months after. This is like years. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. But um, before I go into my own, Liz, uh, in 2020, what are you looking forward to? Um, trying to remember what's coming out in 2020. Yeah. Um, but I know I'm excited for Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah. And of course, Cyberpunk. Yeah. And Ghost of Tsushima looks really good. It does. Like, look I'm really, good. really mm. excited for that. I'm really hoping it does not stink. Yeah. Mm. For yeah, for me, it too. It's very cool. Yeah. Like, Ghost of Tsushima, like, the more we see about Ghost of Tsushima, it's, it's gorgeous looking. Mm-hmm. It looks absolutely mm-hmm. stunning. Uh, and that's definitely a game I'm looking forward to. Yeah. As well as, um, like, what you said, Cyberpunk and also the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, but for me, Man Eater. Oh, I forgot. Man yes. Eater coming out <laughs> so 2020. Excited. It is Goose Game, but with a shark. And yeah. like, if yeah. anyone knows anything about you, you yeah. used to love like sharks and yes. the ocean. Like you wanted to be a marine biologist. So I did. One of your favorite games of 2019 put in the ocean. Yes. Is like your dream. And and that's the thing. Like uh for for those who want a little bit of Adam trivia. Um, I believe I was in the fourth grade or fifth grade. I entered my school's talent uh, competition and my talent was shark facts. And the no. audience, <laughs> yeah, like the audience could ask me any question about sharks and I will answer it. And wow. it was, and this, I, this game is for you. This game yeah. is for me. I sang, <laughs> I sang the song from Mulan in the fifth grade for my talent show. Weak sauce. <laughs> give me some shark facts <laughs> but yeah like and i think it's it's okay to be excited for games but uh now now looking into the past a little bit mm-hmm. n- now we're all excited and nikki i like how you put it like you're you're excited for it but you're also scared for it like you're scared yeah. about the, the dripping effect and and i think that goes back into our past even uh, games that we were kind of disappointed about and you know you know for me like it's pretty obvious you know I'll just say the easy answer for me if you ever if you listened to the podcast since day one it was Fallout 76 yeah you know yeah I was anticipating it I was hyped for it I partially started the podcast because of Fallout 76 <laughs> and it just bombed yeah and I was just heartbroken yeah you yeah. know were were there any games uh, for you um, that like either one of you that that just kind of fell short for you in the past couple of years? I think for me, it has to be exactly the same as you, which is Fallout seventy six. Because mm-hmm. I'm such a huge Fallout fan that like I pre ordered it, like I was really looking forward to. It. I kind of ignored all the negative side of things that were coming out before it, but I wish that I didn't because it was as bad as they said. And yeah, that's got to be one of the biggest hits I think mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. 
Like, I really think so. And yeah, yeah. But they they are adding um, apparently NPCs this coming year. They're meant to do it, I think, before the year ended. But mm -hmm. maybe that will save it a little bit. But who knows? But the hurt <laughs> is still real. Anymore. Just saved by one NPC. <laughs> one NPC. <laughs> well, no, more than one. Maybe there'll be a few at least. Well, like that's I mean, the... they have to. Yeah, that's the dangerous part is that like I'm very much looking forward to the Wastelanders DLC and plus it's free. Mm -hmm. So I had to purchase it. But it's just still that anticipation where it's just like, OK, now the game's going to be fixed. And I'm putting all of these lofty expectations onto mm -hmm. a DLC to essentially mm -hmm. save a yeah. full game. And, and I feel like that's a dangerous point that I'm getting to. And, you know, the more I say it out loud, I'm just like. Uh, am I putting too many expectations to just a DLC to yeah. save a game? Yeah, uh, it's, they shouldn't have to do that. It's it's not nope. that I think normally with like Fallout games as well, like I've never had to be disappointed before until this one. So yeah. I'm a bit like I, anything that comes out now, I'm still going to be really suspicious of because I'm like, are you just going to do it again? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Steph, what do you think? Yeah, I think I'm with you. I mean, although I wasn't on the Fallout 76, it's like that weird feeling of um, a little bit like, well, I bought this game, so I need to just stick with it and hopefully they'll make it good. Mm -hmm. But like, that's totally the wrong attitude to have. But I know I've done it with stuff like, but I've, but I've invested already. So I have to just kind of see it through to mm -hmm. the end. Um, and you're just hoping that they're going to have that kind of moment like things like No Man's Sky have done and stuff where they've just like rebooted themselves and now it's a good game. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that, that just is that like it becomes a little date and it like the more we talk about this, like um I even think about did you watch the Pokemon Direct at all that came out this past week? Yeah. Or I should I say, as we're recording this yesterday. Uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um one of the days. Yeah, one of those days. Um and, and like there's this almost um division in the dlc of pokemon whether it would save a game or not save a game or everybody's a little bit bad, mad about it because part of that dlc liz i don't think you knew about this but no. uh part of it is that they're adding more pokemon to the game oh. already existing pokemon okay by the way um and a lot of people are just saying it like well why didn't you add that to the first game yeah. and it's kind of like making people angry because they anticipated pokemon to be like this you know, on a pedestal. Yeah. You know, and it, and it kind of, you know, d divides people almost. And it's just all causing to anticipation and expectations. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would you say to that? Uh, I guess for me, it's, um, it's a little bit weird because it's hard to work out whether it was like always a plan along um, and they were always planning to add them, but like at a later date and put in a DLC or whether because of the kind of almost backlash that they got from not having some of those Pokemon in initially, they've almost felt compelled to add them. Um, so it's hard to work out like when they were planning to do this and how long it's taken them to get there or how long they're planning for it to take them, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Which I think is a totally different subject altogether. But yeah, it's that weird feeling, I guess, of um, trying to work out whether... Yeah, whether that's going to help it or, yeah, like you said, cause more controversy for them in the first mm -hmm. place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nikki, do you have any thoughts about this uh, DLC that just came out for, or is coming out for Pokemon? Uh, see, I'm not as big a like, Pokemon fan as Steph. Um, so I haven't actually got it yet. I've recently got my Switch and I'm going to get Pokemon soon. Um, but so for me, it doesn't really affect me because I'm like, but it's. Oh. The DLC or is it free? 
I think it's no, it's a paid DLC. It's thirty dollars. Yeah, that I have a bit more of a problem with because it reminds me of the whole like Destiny era where it kind of felt like they removed things from the game just to sell in a DLC. And I yeah. I do have a bit more of a bigger problem with mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But, you know, it's it's a difficult line because obviously they want to make money and they want to sell things. Yeah, but, yeah it's a diff- difficult situation. No, I agree. It's just kind of like you understand it because it is developers, but it's also it's it's Pokemon. It's the Pokemon yeah. IP. Where it's just like it yeah. has all the money. I was gonna say, how much money do they really need? Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's true. It's all the money. Like yeah. it's a, it's a pretty high, yeah, DLC. Uh, or, or it's a pretty high, uh, IP, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I, I think going back into what our original conversation is about, which is about anticipation, expectations, and and I want to kind of get into the conversation of like what really causes, uh, this anticipation, expectation. Um, what causes that in the first place that we start to make these expectations and just to be disappointed about a game? Um, what do, what do we all think about this? Think like we- what causes the anticipation you said? Yeah, what causes it? I think it's comes out of like excitement and love for a game. Like you're mm. so excited for the game and you see like the trailers and gameplay and you start to think, oh, is that something you can do? And you start... Like, it comes in through natural conversation, I think. When you're just, like, talking, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, doesn't that look, doesn't that game look really cool? Yeah. Uh, even that movie looked really cool, and you're just like, that looks awesome. I bet they're going to do this. Like, it just comes naturally, and then when it comes out, you're like, oh, that's not what I thought. Yeah. And I think the anticipation yeah. just comes from, like, it's just natural. Like, when you're talking about it and thinking about it, it comes out of that excitement. Mm-hmm. No, I can agree yeah. with that. It just seems to snowball as mm-hmm. well. Um, like you were saying, like you kind of almost as like we just kind of imagine what this game is going to be in your head. Yeah. Uh, even sometimes when you have almost no context of what that gameplay is actually going to be, you kind of make up your mind sometimes mm-hmm. a little bit about yeah. um, what the mechanics are going to be, what features they're going to have. Like you kind of almost imagine this in almost impossible game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it builds and builds and you're like, oh, it's going to be the best game ever. And then they kind of reveal a bit more and mm. it's not that. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes as well, like the advertisement can sometimes be misleading mm-hmm. and some of like the interviews with like developers and, and things like that. Sometimes I mean, I guess No Man's Sky is kind of like an example where yeah. he said a lot of yeah. things that maybe weren't a hundred percent accurate. And then so people get it in their heads that this is the way it's going to be. It's going to be this, you know, crazy thing. And then when actually it comes out, it's like, oh, actually it, it's not as, you know, it's, it's maybe not as good as they described. And yeah. It's, I guess it's just like that natural hype, I guess, that they want people to buy the game. They want people to be excited. But there's a point where you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, getting a little bit too much. Yeah. yeah and, and I can agree with that. Uh, it gets to be too much and it gets to be too vague. And mm-hmm. uh, you you pointed out No Man's Sky. And, and for me, when you, when you say that, I, I think about Mass Effect Andromeda when that yeah. first released. And mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I was the first person to be like praising the stars. Like anybody that stopped me, like, do you know anything about the game? Like, no. And it doesn't matter because it's Mass Effect and it's going to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like step off me, fight me. <laughs> and the, the closer we got to the release date, it just, it felt like they were telling us nothing about yeah. the game. Uh, and I, and I think it's on both ends where, uh, uh, you were you were saying that like it's too it's too much information it's too many promises it's uh not enough or it's like it has too many promises that it can't fulfill mm. whereas a sign of Mass Effect Andromeda there weren't any promises like it was just kind of like where Mass Effect 
and that's all you really need to know. And here's some concept yeah. art, mm-hmm. and that's about it. I think as well, when it comes to a game that's already in like a series of games at like Mass Effect Andromeda, yeah. the thing that causes the hype and the anticipation is the fact that there's already games, there's already a threshold that you think that it's going to meet. And so I think sometimes in that regard, previous games can then cause, like say for example, like Last of Us 2 coming out this year, yeah. um, in case it's bad, you know, it, it almost can't be bad because it's got something before it, which was incredible. Yeah. And so that almost sets... This, the, you know, the threshold of how good it should be. And I think that in itself can sometimes cause, yeah. cause it too. And that just is. It like, I, I think this level of bad, it, it's kind of like comes from our, and this is kind of, you know, what sets our expectations. Why do we set this anticipation? Because uh, a lot of people complain about this, but really a lot of people just want it. They'll complain about it like it's just more of the same. But if you really look at the developer's eyes, if, if you start to make a game and it's different from what you already know, you're going to complain about it anyway. So their mm-hmm. developers, I feel like, are in this rock in a hard place where if they stay with more of the same, like you talked about Last of Us 2, if it's just another Last of Us game, it'd be yeah. like, oh, it's nothing different. It's not revolutionary. Yeah. It's just the same old, same old. Fine. But if you make it a different game, if different gameplay people will be like, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I expected because they expected more Last of Us. I think yeah. I think what developers need to do, and I hate to like say things like, I think developers need to do this. this yeah. Because like it is an art and you don't want to like tell someone how to do their art. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like they need to find a common medium between doing the same and a little different yeah like they need to figure out how to do something different like because it is a a second or a third like a prequel or sequel Mm -hmm. i mean has to be different it's a different story it's a different part of the story but it does have to be similar because if you're gonna do a sequel it does have to connect and they do have to be the same if you want to do something so different then make a different game right yeah that's my opinion because like that was like our big thing with life is strange too Yes, that, that was one for me because you never actually asked me what my what my disappointment. Oh, what this year what was, was. your disappointment you. of this year um, was? So mine was last. I asked it now. Thanks. That You're welcome. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Life is Strange mm-hmm. Two was such a disappointment because we were so excited because we loved Life is Strange One and everything that came with it and it was just wonderful. And then Life is Strange Two and it wasn't the same. It didn't feel the same. It was weird mm-hmm. and. I think that's where it's like you got to get that common medium somewhere. You yeah. Know? You got to make it a little bit similar when it comes to mm-hmm. some games if you're going to do a sequel. Mm-hmm. So I think that's because that's something that's very similar with um, like Nino Cooney uh, and mm. Nino Cooney 2, where they almost completely changed the gameplay from one and two. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people I spoke to about two just really didn't like it. Um, hmm because of the fact that because it had the name Nino Kuni 2, they were expecting it to be exactly that. Like it's the mm-hmm. same game. Um but with but a like two. slightly improved yeah. or, you know, some changes in there. Um but really like it wasn't a bad game. It was just because that that name was attached to it. Yeah. yeah. It kind of just made you automatically think like, hey, this is bad because it's not the same thing. Whereas actually when you actually sat down and played it, you were like, this is a really good like RPG game. But 
yeah. it's not you still have that feeling of like but it's not Nino Kuni so do, have I enjoyed this like or is it just it's that really conflicting thing between you know like expecting a sequel to be something that it should be and then almost getting something that is a good mm. game but because it's not what again you expected it to be it's therefore maybe bad so it's mm-hmm. yeah it's a weird balance yeah it's so difficult it's so difficult to get like that thin line of of the, the same kind of game but then different and new it's yeah. it must be so hard for developers to kind of hit that as well and i think yeah some games have done it very well but yeah it's a tough one yeah, I mean, I th- I think uh, a lot of people are were complaining about Bioshock or Bi- not Bioshock, um, Borderlands, uh, Borderlands Three, um, because yeah. when the when the game was first announced, that the um, the first gameplay of it when that came out, I I saw a lot of people just complaining like it's just more of the same. It's just Borderlands Two, yeah. but with better gra- and it's not even better graphics and blah blah blah. And it's just like no, I'm not a big Borderlands fan myself, but I can appreciate the game. Can I appreciate Randy Pitchford? That's a, that's a different conversation, but <laughs> but uh, the gaming of itself, um, it, it is what it is. It's just a looter shooter, fun with your friends kind of game, mm-hmm. and I think that's what the developers wanted. But you know, a lot of people are saying like it's just more of the same, and I think that's where that anticipation comes from because yeah. you have what you would do if you were the game developer when yeah. you're not. Yeah, you know. Um, and and Liz, I like what you said. Like, you don't like saying what developers should do because it is what their art is. You know, that's where their passion lies. Like, that's their thing. Yeah. I mean, um, I think it can even go into podcasting, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we're we're all in the podcasting game here, I believe. Um, and and I had this conversation with Good Game, Great Game when they were on the show. Um, but when when we talked about you know, you know, fan, um, what do we, what do you call it? Fan criticisms. Mm-hmm. What I want to say, fan criticisms versus what fans say, like you should be doing. I don't know. It's kind of like this. I don't know what it, what it call. It. It's like this fine line between mm-hmm. like, this is a criticism versus this is like expecting too much out of a game. Does that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, th- yeah, I think, um, it's one of those things where, and it's not probably the right word, so I apologize for using it already. Okay. Um, but it feels kind of an almost like an entitled thing that the game, like mm-hmm. yeah. us as game fans, have kind of become a little bit where it's like the people who shout loud enough feel like they're making, they're getting, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. what they want. They're kind of almost forcing, you know. Whereas, like you said, like in development, you know, it's um. It's one of those things where it's controlled by so many different factors and stuff like that, where it's like, yes, it's an art form and stuff like that. Um, and obviously you want to do stuff for your fans of mm-hmm. like game things, but also you've then got, you know, your kind of artist thing. But then you've also got like the other side where it's like the the kind of higher up the people who are, you know, giving the money for the game want a certain thing as well. Oh, so yeah. that's got to feed into it. So you've got like almost three camps trying to make something. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just that really, and you can see sometimes how stuff, like I think Mass Effect Andromeda is such a big example of that, where you had so many like big heads just kind of like obviously fighting over what mm-hmm. that game should be yeah. to the point where they didn't know what it was going to be until like the last year, six months of development. And then they just like cranked out something yeah, because I kind of had to at that point. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, you just get this weird kind of mishmash of fan service, but also yeah. not. Yeah. And yeah, it's just that weird weird combination yeah and that and i kind of like um i think we talked about this a little bit but 
um, you know, just for conversation's sake, uh, we we all as fans and like and I like what you said, entitled because that is what it is. It's you're in, you feel like you're entitled to this game that's in your head. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. the developers' um, yeah. artistic. Again, we talked about this with uh, Sekiro with uh difficulty in games mm-hmm. um and saying that like well like listen it's not necessarily for you this is not your game but this is where the developer wants it to go yeah um and there's plenty of the games you can do i'm currently yeah. playing sekiro right now um am i being successful in it again another conversation no i am not but <laughs> that's for another place but that that's the thing i, I for conversation's sake um, where's the line in between, and I'm going to use your, your term entitled, not anticipated or expectation because anticipation and entitlement, I think are two different things. So what do you think the line is? Like, where, where do you cross the line when it comes to just fun speculation and discussions and straight up entitled, um, entitled expectations? I want to say, what, what do we all think about that? I think... Like you're saying, the, the you said the fine line between entitlement and... Just a fun conversation, yeah. like expectations. I think it's more in the way that you phrase what you want. Okay. When So if we go back to like the podcast example. Yeah. Or even we could still use a game example. So if you say to a developer like... I'm trying to think of just a game to base it off of, but... If you're saying to a developer, like, oh, I was really wishing that you would have, like, this mechanic or something. Right. Like, say, like, oh, I really wish that we could do a backflip when we're doing this move or something. No, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I can't. Th- I'm not good on my toes. Right. Um, But instead, uh, more entitled, it would be like, oh, come on. Like, I thought you were going to do this. And, like, this game is terrible because you can't do backflips. Okay. I like, see what you you're see saying. You see what I mean? Mm. Like, it's, it can, I feel like part of it is, like, the tone of what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what do you guys think? I think, um, personally, for me, like, it's a difficult one because I, I don't tend to look too much into into a game before I get it. I know it sounds awful, but like I'll watch a couple of game trailers and I want to hear what it's about. But then I, when I tend to get the game, I don't have like really high standards. I tend to think, well, I'm, it's like when you're a kid, I don't know if, if you guys are like, so if you ever like played games and stuff, but mm-hmm. I often would just find a game that my brother had or something or just, or just buy a game around with like blockbusters. And, uh, and I wouldn't know anything about it. And I just put it in and I'd have no expectations. And I'd just be like, let's just see what this is about. And if I like it, cool. And if I don't, whatever. And I just myself just try and not have, high expectations but i often like to look at gameplay demos i feel yeah. like that's a really mm-hmm. handy thing um because then i can kind of understand how the game plays and if i i want to sort of be into that kind of game but it's yeah it's so difficult because it's such a thin line between mm. standards i definitely have more high standards with like sequels and remakes but yeah it's it's a tough one yeah yeah i think i have more high standards like what you said not not more for sequels but remakes definitely mm. i have pretty high standards yeah um steph what do you think yeah, I mean, I really agree um, with what you said, Liz, and, and you same, Nikki, I do exactly the same thing where I try and just gauge what the gameplay is going to be like. And then if I feel like that's going to be something that I'm into or like not, you kind of just go like, oh, this isn't the game for me. Like, yeah, there was I think there's a game free on the Epic Store at the moment that looks really cool, looks beautiful, but it's like a really Metrovania thing. And I'm just not into that kind of game. And I'm yeah. like, it looks awesome. And I will recommend it to people I know, but I know I won't like it. 
but yeah. that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I'm going to sit there and go like, why did you make a Metroidvania game? Like yeah. you said, it's that tone of how you kind of address and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. it would be nice if maybe, you know, you're almost like offering an idea to improve something yeah. um, or like you said, talking with your friends and stuff like that. But I think it's just, it's just how you are as a person probably yeah. um, endowed yeah. to it or just how intensely maybe you, you like something, but um yeah, maybe it shouldn't be an angry thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I... There are some people who just take the video games and everything a little too personal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like what would happen with um, Diablo Immortal kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a big one where it was that, that difficult, like, conversation of expectation versus, like, entitlement. That was a definite clash of those two things of everyone expected something and it wasn't quite what they were expecting mm-hmm. it to be revealed as... And then you almost had the backlash of the entitlement. So I think they almost follow. Like you kind of start off with this anticipation of what you're kind of excited for a game to be or what's going to get announced. And then when it's not, you kind of sometimes maybe people can slip into a bit more of entitlement feeling where it's like, mm. why have you made not made this game that I that I wanted in my head? <laughs> like, how yeah. did you not know that that's what I wanted? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I can agree with that. It's more of just, um, it's not what you say, it's how you said it kind of matter mm-hmm. where where it's just like the mentality that you have it, it's kind of just that yeah. um I, i'm even in like kind of like the sports world here where a lot of people get super super aggressive when their team doesn't do what they do and you know even more so you know going in england standards with uh football not soccer <laughs> um <laughs> What but was that? Football is what they call it. I know. Football. Football. You're just saying it weird. You're saying it. No, like... I'm saying it like British people do. <laughs> no, I was doing an impression of you then. Um, yeah, football. F- football. 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 What? <laughs> I love you. Um, I appreciate the the attempt. It was good. <laughs> but I I know for for a fact that you know. You know, as an Eagles fan, um, we're pretty aggressive people. But you know, in in football in England, there's actually, if I'm correct, there's different entrances for the different fans. There's the entrance for the home team fans, and there's the entrance for the away team fans because they cannot sit next yeah. to each other because yeah, they're just know. that aggressive. Yeah. So wow. there is um. Uh, the stadium here, they have like a, a massive rival and um, anytime the rival plays here, um, quite a lot of the time, the like supporters for the teams have to be like police escorted. There are like people on horses, yeah. there's giant vans, like that actually walk them from the stadium to the train station, like in an <laughs> escorted oh fashion because they just cannot be trusted, which is a ridiculous sentence. Like yeah. you're watching yeah. a man kick up stupid ball around <laughs> yeah and my advice as well is do not get on trains when there's like a football match that's going on because i've had that once before where i got stuck on this train and there was just all these football people mm-hmm. and different teams and it was the most terrifying experience mm-hmm. i mean it's just they just get really into it mm-hmm. and it's quite yeah. scary you can tell we're yeah. football fans yeah and that's, <laughs> and that's just is like i'm like one of my dreams is to go to an everton game like i really wanted to go to one i'm a big everton fan um we're very heartbroken when lukaku went to um man U, but you know that's just me but um but that's just is that like I, I think even sports fans and video game fans alike they get super 
personally attacked when their thing, when their anticipation doesn't happen. Yeah. When in all actuality, and this goes into sports and video games, the developers and the players, they don't really have that kind of aggression or that kind of rivalry. In fact, they kind of have like this brotherhood where yeah. they're confused why so many people are just super aggressive about mm-hmm. what their expectations are. Like, like my expectation for the Eagles was that they go into further into the playoffs. That that did not happen. That did not happen. <laughs> but here's the thing: like life goes on for me. I say, oh, that that's terrible. Life goes on. But but same thing going to to video games. Mm-hmm. I might have an expectation that Man Eater is going to be game of the year, and that's just how it's <laughs> going to be. But if it's not exactly how I was picturing Man Eater. Sure, maybe I put some money into it, but you also put money into sports teams too. You buy tickets, jerseys, all this stuff. So you also buy money into that. But sure, I may have purchased Maneater full price day one, no patches, fine. But if it's not as good as I thought it would be, you, I just kind of move on. Mm-hmm. Someday it will get better. Patches, fine, yeah. maybe. And you'll always have your shark facts. I will always yeah. have my shark packs, <laughs> except no I, one could take them from you. Yeah, <laughs> I I maybe can remember an eighth of the knowledge that I had in fourth grade, but I was on fire in fourth grade. <laughs> I was quite the the brilliant child. Oh, I'm sure the knowledge is still in there. I'm sure when you play the game, it'll all just oh, yeah. come out. It'll all come back. It'll all come back. Just like you know, a <laughs> sense of smell in your memory just comes back. Like, oh yeah, whale sharks yeah. are the largest mammal ever. Liz, you're going to learn so much about sharks. I know. It's going to be great. Be prepared. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So closing out our conversation here, I I think this is a good way to close out our conversation. Um, Are are there any other, you know, kind of closing final thoughts about anticipation in games? Um, What about you, Steph or Nikki? Any final thoughts? Uh, I guess for me, like, I know we've talked a lot about our expectations as... um, as fans but there is also like stuff on developers as well so i think it's both sides like we can do a lot to mitigate like how you know how much that's that helps like mm-hmm. we can help fans have a better understanding of you know how game their game is going to be perceived and maybe game we need to just kind of learn to accept that if we like it we like it if we don't we don't i guess yeah yeah and i, I think as well like it's just something in your head to bear in mind that you know, I think if people do enough research and you look into it enough before getting a game, then you're less likely to be disappointed, hopefully, as long as the developers and everyone's been honest. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, to bear in mind, obviously, that, that everything is a ginormous team effort. So, you know, if you're one of those people that gets really angry, just try and remember that it's lots of different people kind of mm-hmm. all at once trying to please everyone. And yeah, I mean, just my attitude has always just been like, if it's if it sucks, it's fine. I'm sure there'll be another game out there that's really good. So yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I can agree with that. Uh, Liz, any final thoughts? Um, I think for me, it's mostly just like uh, I think Nikki said that like, remember, it's a team effort. It's like a mm. whole group of people like that's like having like five different artists work on one thing. Yeah. And, I mean, there's like even mm. more there doing that at times. But like just remembering that. And then I think the only way that like this attitude of like being angry at games like a game Mm-hmm. is just it it's something that the only way that's going to change of like our attitude towards games and how they work it's only going to change once like people change their personalities or change their mindset like a gen- whole generation needs to change their mindset to change it 
Yeah. You know, like we yeah. need to get past this whole thing of like, I want it this way. Like mm-hmm. that. And I, I mean, there are times where f- there's developers who just lie and that, oh, needs, that needs to stop mm. too. Yeah. Same yeah, thing in the definitely. movies. Like there have been so many movies in the past year that just put all the exciting parts in the trailer and said, look, it's an exciting movie. And it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Except for our our past um, th- this episode's movie minutes, which was no, that was amazing. <sighs> but and that's later, or that's earlier. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> My goodness. Um, but yeah, um, uh, you know, just kind of closing out this conversation, just like that. Like what we all said here is that it, it, it's on the part of the marketing team and the developers where you know you need to give enough information. It's on part of the consumers too. Moving on. But we all just need to, we all just need to get along, people. Everybody needs to step up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think it's fine to just, you know, talk about a game, speculate about a game. And like we said before, it's really, it's not what you say, it's how you say. It's the mentality behind what you say. Mm Mm-hmm. I just understanding it like it's it's fine to just have fun speculation. Like I have fun speculation about Starfield, yeah, which is going to be the best game ever. But uh, and, and at the same time, it's just it, you know, there's jokes. Jokes aside, it's it's going to be a video game. Yeah, I'm going to purchase it. Will I be satisfied with it? Who knows? But if I'm not, then you know, maybe I need to rethink things. Yeah. You know, world's not going to end just because the game isn't what you expected it to be. It just means you won't be playing that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just it, and I will uh, sell it on the black market for no. for a profit. No, 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 <laughs> no. I will not. No. Dark web. No. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll sell it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the store. Oh yeah, true. I can do that. Not <laughs> not the black market. <laughs> I love you went straight there though. Yeah, straight to the black market. <laughs> you know, you guys have Amazon. You have eBay. You know, black market for me. That's just yeah. my spot. But <laughs> yeah. All right, so. I think we can close things out. Um, Nikki and Steph, I want to roll out the red carpet for you. Where can we find you on social media? Nikki, this is your job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my time to shine. Um, so we're at Game Till 5 on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you want to just generally listen to our podcast, you can find us anywhere, um, any podcast place at Game Till 5. Yeah. And uh, where can we fi- follow you, Nikki, on social media? Uh, so I am at Elite Cat with two E's on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steph, uh, Steph the Bird, where where can we find you flying about, tweeting about? Uh, um, very rarely, but uh, <laughs> if you do, I think it's like Sefi M with three Fs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mostly hide in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> we all do. In the tree. There we go. Yeah, in the tree. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, definitely follow them on social media. Like definitely, like I've said at least five times on this podcast, um, definitely check out their podcast. As I said before, it's a very unique take to uh, the ranking. It's very refreshing. Mm-hmm. You can tell that they're very close uh, friendships and uh, just the Beatle uh, sound when they go, oh, like it's it's very fun <laughs> to listen to. So I highly recommend you check them out uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. I listen to them. Uh, on Spotify, you can also listen on iTunes, but definitely go find Game Till 5, link down below. All right, with all that said and done, of course, you can follow us on social media at Gaming Groceries on Twitter, Games Groceries, all one word on Instagram. Find us on Facebook, just stalk us there. And, you know, with all that said and done, we thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope you have a safe week. Have a good week. Bye.
。